Hello everybody and welcome back. The holidays are now behind us. I hope you all had a great Christmas and a happy new year. And of course with the new year comes a new season. That's right. Welcome to the premiere episode of season two of the Down South IT podcast. My name is Clark and for this season's first episode and for the rest of the season actually, I want to get a little bit more practical with the podcast. Last season was more, I thought it had a lot more thought and theory of what's going on behind the scenes and kind of the the big stuff, you know, in IT. And that's all well and good, but I want this season to be more practical and, you know, give you basically in a sense of what's in your life now. What What products will add value to the activities you do day to day? What can you use right now? So I don't want to just talk about theory and stuff, you know, that might be five years down the road. You know, I may mention it in passing, but this season, I really want the information to be useful now. So I want I want you to be able to use the information that I give you. So this season is going to be a lot more grounded and hopefully a lot more useful and engaging for everybody. So with that in mind, I have had people ask me several times over the last year, you know, what kind of stuff do I use? What programs do I put on computers and stuff like that when I'm running on my computers actually at the house to keep those running and keep everything working in top shape. So today I was going to go through some of those programs on the off chance that you have to completely wipe your computer if something crazy happens or if you just happen to buy a new one. Uh, what's, What's the first things you want to install? So I'll get to that in just a couple of minutes, but since this is the first show back, and just before Christmas, I decided I wanted to play Santa Claus, and I did another Facebook giveaway. So I want to take a second and congratulate our two winners. First, uh, Dana Berthelot won the Google Home Mini Voice Assistant, and Kanita Gidry won the MyCharge Portable Power Bank. So I want to... Say congratulations again to both of y'all and thank everybody that entered. I know it was a little bit on the last minute side by doing that because I only did it for a week. And I think the la- the first giveaway I did, I did it for two weeks. So it was out there for a little longer. But still we had a lot of participation and it was that was really good. I, want, I thank y'all for, for participating. It was, it was kind of fun. So we'll do it again. I don't know when, but just keep... Keep engaged, and I'll, I'll get there eventually again. So we'll figure it out. <laughs> and, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention our Facebook page, at uh, DownSouthIT. You know, there's always stuff on there. I'm always posting different articles, stuff like that. And also, I would really, really, really like you to go check out the all-new, built-from-the-ground, totally new, awesome website. Uh, and that's going to be at www.downsouthitpodcast.com. The name is easy to remember, just downsouthitpodcast.com, and y'all can check it out. I spent a lot of time over the holiday, and I mean a lot of time, and built the site from scratch, from nothing. So it has a lot of stuff on there. Um, I'm going to be doing a lot more stuff, you know, give y'all a lot more information. Uh, the podcast will be on there just as before. I have the uh, embedded web player. 
I'm actually starting some some build projects and stuff like that. And I'm going through how to do how to do those step by step in case you want to do some of these projects along, you know, with everything. Uh, I also have a review section that's going to be on there. I don't have anything on there just yet, but whenever I do decide to start doing product reviews and stuff like that, that'll all be in there. And I'm also going to have a section in there just for show prep. So you can go back and download uh, Word documents with all of the links uh, for software that I talked about on the, the podcast or websites that I, that I mentioned or different, you know, information and stuff like that. All of the, the really relevant stuff to, you know, that that'll be there. That way you have an extra resource. If you don't write it down or forgot to write it down, you can't remember. Anyway, just go to the website. It'll be there in, in the show prep and you'll be able to get everything that's there. So just to kind of help you all out and, you know, just in case you miss anything, it'll be there anytime you want. And also you'll be able to find links to all of the platforms that the podcast is on, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, everything will be right there on the website. Check out the blog page too. I started that up and got some good articles on there. I've started the one project I have up on the website right now is actually building a Christmas light controller using a Raspberry Pi. Which, if you don't know, it's basically a little tiny one-board computer that runs Linux. And you can actually see pictures of it on, on the website. It's really, really tiny. It's maybe three inches by two inches. So it's a little bitty thing. It's about the size of a deck of cards. And that's going to be the controller to do all of the light show that I'm planning on doing, you know, to music and everything next year for Christmas. So I have that step-by-step how to do it what i used everything on there just check out the website everything is on there downsouthitpodcast.com please go there and double check it let me know what you think okay so now that the pleasantries are done and i'm gonna do one just quick disclaimer before we get on to the meat and potatoes first and foremost all of these programs and software i'm recommending today is based on the fact that i use them a lot uh, I haven't been paid or subsidized by any of these companies whose software I will mention. Any any comments or recommendations of this software is in the context of a review. So now that we have that, we can actually get to it. So now, just for the sake of argument, your computer dies and you either have to replace the hard drive or you just say screw it and you buy a brand new computer. So what's the first thing that you should put on that nice, shiny, unused machine? Well absolute first thing if you can help it is you should want to install some kind of antivirus now i know what you're thinking macs don't have to worry about viruses quite as much as windows and that's true to an extent but macs are still susceptible to viruses but usually what happens is there are more viruses for windows machines than there are for macs but the ones for macs are a lot worse so if you get one that's a you know specifically for a Mac, it's going to be ten times worse than the little malware thing that your Windows machine will get. If you can help it at all, always install antivirus first. Now I know you're thinking, you know, Windows has Defender. That's not saying much, you know. That's saying okay, well, my door has a doorknob. <laughs> I mean, it's obvious, but it doesn't really tell you much. So anyway, now if you go into paid options, there's really only two choices. The two big dogs in this fight is going to be either Norton or McAfee. 
Both are really good choices. You really can't go wrong with each one. Each will have a couple of bells and whistles here and there that, you know, the other one won't have. And the way they got their pricing set up now is by the number of devices that you want to cover. Now, this is a little bit different from how they used to do it because, you know, back whenever... Back in my day, when I was young and had, had all kind of software, you just had to buy one license per computer. Well, now it's kind of by volume, you know. So, you basically, you pick, you know, whether you want one, five, ten, unlimited, whatever. So, you kind of go through all of those. And all up, both have one-year promo prices. Usually, they're from 35 to 50 bucks, um, depending on how many, you know, devices you want to do. All of them have, they have multiple versions. They have versions for Macs. Uh, and iPhones, iPads, they have for Android, PCs, Linux. So no matter what device you have, you can cover it. They will all be under this, that same that same account. And, you know, that way you can have all of your devices covered. Now, if you do decide to go the route, you know, the, the paid route, usually there's a intro price uh, for the first year. Like I said, it's usually uh, right now, it's usually 35 to 50 bucks, give or take. And you, but you always want to double check and make sure what the full price is. See, you know, you want to see how much that that step up is, because usually the upper tier is the one that they take the most off of. So you may only pay fifty for the first year, but it's actually a hundred and fifty dollars worth of software that'll hit you that second year. So you want to make sure you double check all your prices, so you know what you're getting into when you get in there. Both versions, Mac, uh, McAfee and Norton, are going to offer free trials so you can test one out usually for a week or so and if, you know you can see which one you like better and if you don't like it like it you can switch no big deal no skin off your back easy enough now me myself i use mcafee and i've i've been using it for a long time now and the way that i got mine is actually there are a few de few different deals that you can get McAfee or Norton for free by using other products. So I have Cox Internet as my ISP. And with that Cox account, you have the option to use McAfee antivirus and everything for up to five devices for free. So that's the one that I use. Norton also has one like that uh, if you happen to have LifeLock. So if you're a LifeLock customer, you can get Norton for free. Uh, I didn't see how many devices it was for. I'm assuming it's probably between one and five. But, you know, uh, that might be something you want to look into. If you are a LifeLock customer, you prefer Norton, you know, you're already covered. So, and I, actually, I could use both because I have LifeLock also. But like I said, with everything floating around, you can really never be too safe. So it really doesn't matter which version or which one you go for, at least have something now if you do want to go to completely free route and you can and for those i would recommend either avg or vast now avg is good it's solid uh they're good with updates it's a pretty light program it really won't bog you down your computer down very much uh vast is really good but uh over the last probably two or three years they got really bloated so it's kind of kind of finicky whenever you actually working with it. Um, you got to almost actively check it every now and then to make sure it updates. It'll update all of the virus definitions and stuff like that. It'll keep working in the background, but if they have any program updates 
for the, the that application itself, then it'll just say, okay, you have to restart your computer. So you almost have to check it once a week just in case you have to reboot your computer or not. So you, you kind of almost have to check it, you know, a couple of times or once a week or whatever. So, because it'll, it'll start acting real crazy on you if you let it sit for too long needing a reboot. But once you had you antivirus installed and running, then you can move on to what I call the productivity suite. And it's basically, it's several different programs that you need to either open documents, see things on web pages. So what I do is I usually just go ahead and install all of them back to back to back. That way, you know, you're ready for about 95% of everything out there. There are going to be a couple of caveats and outliers, but, you know, basically you're going to use most of the stuff you're going to get is from Adobe. First is going to be, and actually they're all at the bottom of Adobe's homepage. And it's for Flash Player, Shockwave Player, Adobe Air, and, and Adobe Acrobat Reader. Uh, now, to be honest, the newer web pages, uh, Flash Player and Shockwave are kind of on the way out. And you really won't use them a whole whole lot anymore you never know what kind of page you're going to find so it's better to just do it ha install it now they're not very big and at some point you may need them anyway so you can install those to get them on get them on the computer and you're and then you're done you ain't got to worry about it adobe air is another one that's you really won't use it much it's one of those things that you don't think about it but like again while you're while you're there just download it install it that way it's there the big one is yeah, acrobat reader and with if you do anything online looking at documents or anything pdf files are everywhere so you need to be able to open up those pdf documents look at them you know and save them so that's what you need that for now next up in the productivity suite you need an office suite so just to, to type up documents or spreadsheets or if you need to do a slideshow or something like that. Now, if you have a copy of Microsoft Office that you can reinstall, that's fine. You're all set. No big deal. Um, but if you want something that's free or something that's a little, uh, that if you don't have Microsoft Office, there's a couple of different routes you can go. You can have, if you have a Google account, Google email account, you can use Google Docs sheets and slides now it's kind of an office clone it's their version of microsoft office but everything they won't have all the features that office does but it'll at least let you get the job done and you can actually save everything in the normal office format like say you're just doing it from home and need to send it to somebody to at work and it has to be a word document you can type it up in their format and then you know save it as a actual word document and then send it off like you need to so it's the conversion between formats with google docs is really easy and really really not that big of a deal now if you don't want to do the google option you can do open office open office is an open source version of office made by apache and it has a lot of the same functions that the microsoft version does but if you don't recognize Apache, there's a good chance that most of the web pages and databases that you use and see online are running off of their software. It's a good alternative. You can get it for free, and it's at openoffice.org. Yeah, OpenOffice is, has been around for a while. Apache's been around for a while. It's really good. It's stable. I've used it a, 
a little bit, not not a whole lot since I do have the actual Office Suite. The times that I have used it, it was easy. It was very similar to off to Microsoft's version. So, but if you if you want to go that route, the transition between Microsoft Office and Open Office is really really fast. If you know one, you'll know the other one. They they even laid out really close. If you want to go that route, uh, you can get it, and it's free. It's at openoffice.org. Again, you can check the website after the show, and I'll have the link up on the show prep area. So you can just find episode 201. It'll be right there for you. Next up is what I like to call the tools. And these are programs I usually use once or twice a month just to kind of clean any random junk or malware or crap, you know, off the computer after you've been using it for a while. Things build up. I mean, it's just, it's part of using the computer. Things happen, you know, temporary files get backed up and stuff like that. It, it happens. It's what they do. So first up is called CCleaner. And it's a nice little program. It'll clear out all of the, the old junk files and temporary files off your computer. Keep everything running smooth. Uh, it even even has a tab to scan the registry of the computer and fix any errors. So if they have, if you add and remove a few programs or anything like that, those registry entries will still be in there. And if they point to nowhere, then your computer kind of slows down while it's trying to find the points to nowhere. So clearing those out, that helps everything run nice and smooth. And you can get you can get that from uh, the site is called Piriform. P i r i f o r m Again, it'll be all of the all of this will be on the website uh, in the show prep, so you can check all of these out. While you're on Piriform's website, if you want to get a good idea of what hardware you're using, or kind of keep an eye on temperatures, or just see what you have on your computer. To be honest, there's a program on there called Specky, it's, uh, S-P-E-C-C-Y, and it's a really light, low program, and it gives you a whole lot of information on how your hardware is working, what hardware you have the version of Windows you run in, how much memory you have, the CPU you run, all kinds of stuff. I mean, it, it gives you a complete rundown of every bit of hardware on your computer. So if, if you want to see what you have, and it'll even give you temperatures and voltages and stuff like that. So if that that's the kind of thing you're into, if you want to check that out, or even just if you think it might be run, your computer might be running hot or something, or if you, something doesn't seem a little bit right and you want to check it, that would be the first thing you go for. After those two is going to be Malwarebytes. And you can get that from Malwarebytes.org. Uh, it's a deep clean tool. And this will scan and quarantine any malware that happens to get through your antivirus software. While you're online and everything, there are files and stuff that, that bypass some of the web filters and stuff like that. and may have malware on it. This software will pick that up. And it'll help get rid of it for you so you don't have to worry about it. Now, whenever you do install this one, in the settings, there's an option to scan for root kits. And these are nasty little malwares. They live in the, the root folder, which is the C colon forward slash folder. So the very root folder of your drive. And those are a lot more harder to detect and a lot harder to get rid of. Now, with both of these, you want to run, you want to run CCleaner and Malwarebytes maybe once a month just to kind of keep things on the up and up. Uh, and the last thing I normally install is some kind of terminal viewer or remote viewer. 
Now, this isn't something you have to install. I do it mainly because just in case I ever have to get back into that computer again. And of course, you know, if, if it's not my computer, I always ask permission. And, you know, if always ask and, you know, let the, the owner know that you're putting software on there if, if it's not yours. You know, when in doubt, ask. <laughs> you don't want any legal trouble because you could have said, you could have asked, you know, had a two minute conversation. So always ask, always get permission, just in case if, if it's not your computer. If it is, and you want to be able to use your desktop remotely, you know, these might be something that you, you want to look into. I do with all of mine uh, here at the house, and actually my laptop and my tablet also. So I have, I'm able to get into any device from any device, the way I got it set up. So. Uh, but I'm going to give you three of these, and I've used all three of them, and I'll kind of give you a rundown of uh, which ones you know I like and which ones are kind of funky, but I'll, uh, we'll go through them. The first one is going to be TeamViewer, and that one is probably the most well-known, and it has the most features of all three because it's been around the longest. So, I mean, the program's good. It's fast. They have apps so you can control desktops with your phone so that's really handy if you want to just forward an email to yourself or to somebody else you know or if, you know you want to check something at the house whatever you know it's it's, it's handy to have uh, now team viewer is free for personal use but their definition of personal use is kind of fuzzy so if you do use it too much they will lock your account up and it's kind of a hassle to get it unlocked and everything there's a whole process you got to go through and it's it's annoying so and trust me i know that firsthand the next one that i that i used is called cloudberry remote assistant whenever team viewer pissed me off a few months ago i was trying to find a, a different remote viewer remote desktop program to use to get around team viewer because you know locked my account and wouldn't let me use it for more than three minutes at a time which severely pissed me off so anyway i went and found this one and it's actually a beta so it's it's still being built you know all of the features are still getting put into it but it's stable and you can get it it's uh, cloudberrylab.com this one takes a little bit more to get everything set up and get everything working but once it's done it's nice it's stable it's not quite as fast as team viewer so there's a little bit of lag but it's not bad and if you're just using a if you're just using you know a desktop like you normally would you probably really won't even notice it the only time you would notice it is if you're say you have a setup with you know a camera or something like that and you're trying to watch video then the video will kind of skip a little bit trying to do something like that real time Really and truly, you're not going to get real-time, real-time video from a remote viewer because of the way they're set up and everything. But this one, the lag is pretty obvious if you do do that. But again, like I said, it's still a beta, so there's still features getting added to it. Every time they, they do a new, new release, it gets better. So, And I've used two different versions of it now, so they've updated it twice since I started using it. And every time they do it, it changes for the better. I haven't, they haven't really taken a step back yet. So I would say, you know, give it a shot. But like I said, it is a little bit of a hassle to set it up when you first get it. You actually have to be at the computer that you want to connect to 
and that comp- that program on that side creates a hash. It's a long string of numbers and letters, and that's the hash for the encryption that it uses. You have to copy that hash from the computer you want to connect to, and you have to put the hash into the side you're connecting from. So if you don't know what it is, and like I said, it's a little bit of a hassle once it's set up to get it set up. But once you have it set up, you don't have to do it again. So you only have to do it once. And really the only thing beside the hash that you have to, that's kind of, kind of funky right now is the password that you have to put in to get access is the password that you use to log into the computer itself. So if you have a password for your account that you know whenever you sign in you have to you put your name and then your password and then get in that's the password you have to use you can't set your own with this yet now i did i did put in a uh, review of what i used so far and that was one thing that i did mention that they should have have to be able to do is to be you can put your own password to be able to get into your remote computer and like i said they're still adding new things they're it so that may change in the future but as of right now, it's good once you get everything set up. And the last one that I've just recently started using is called VNC Connect. And this one's good, it's fast, but it's kind of strange because you actually need two programs to be able to use it. Uh, you need a VNC Connect server software on the computer that you're gonna be dialing into, and you need the VNC Viewer software to be uh, from the remote computer. You know, I figured it would kind of be easier to combine the two, but I guess they have their reasons to do each one separate. This one's also free, but they only allow five computers per account, uh, but that's only for the server software. So if you only want to use one computer remotely, you're only going to have one one version of that server software set up and you can download the viewer and as long as you know all of your login information and everything, you can get to that one computer from any other computer that you, you can install the viewer software on. So that's really actually not, not terrible. This one also has uh, the, the app for your phone so you can control your computer from your phone. And really I've only been using this one mainly because of the Christmas light Raspberry Pi build uh, because that has Linux and it, this actually has VNC built into it to be able to get into the Raspberry Pi without having to set up a, a monitor and everything else on it and do it remotely. I kind of was forced to use this software, but even though I was kind of forced to, to use it, I've enjoyed it so far and it seems to really work pretty well. Um, the older versions of this software was a lot harder to set up. They actually improved it a lot. The old version you had to forward ports on your router and do a whole bunch of different stuff with everything and you remember port numbers and oh god it was a mess trying to get that thing set up and working right. But other than having to installed two programs, it's about as easy and straightforward to use as TeamViewer is. So, you know, if, if you want to go that route, I would give that one a good, good thumbs up also. And that's pretty much going to be my list. Again, they're going to be a few outliers, you know, some things, but you know, maybe something may ask for a Java applet, you know, which would be java.com. So if you, if you need that, but other than that, if you go and install all of the stuff that I talked about today, you'll be pretty much just about set up from the word go. And of course, you know, after you install all of that stuff, then you get to the fun stuff. Then you get your your other browsers, your games, all you know, all the good stuff. So 
but using the software I talked about today, you know, it'll make things easier on you going forward. And being easy is the key here, right? You know, you want to be able to use your computer and not be frustrated with it. You want it to just work when you need it, right? That's the whole idea. And that's that's what I want. I want everybody to be set up and be able to just use their, their stuff and be done with it. Because, of course, making everything easy is the key, right? Right. Okay. So... And with that, it's time to take the key and lock down this episode. So I hope you enjoyed the premiere episode of the season two, the season two premiere of the Down South IT podcast. If you have any questions on where to find any of the software that I talked about today, don't hesitate to reach out to me on Facebook at Down South IT and check the website. I'm going to have it all on the the show prep area. You can check on that. It's episode 201. You can also hit me up uh, with an email, downsouthit at gmail.com. And I will point you in the right direction. I promise you. Also, don't forget to check out the the blog section for some good articles. The projects section on the the site. So you can check out the Raspberry Pi build. Or even listen to all of the past episodes from the first season on the embedded player on the website. Everything will be there. That's kind of going to be the kind of center of my universe for, for this season. I'm going to be putting so much stuff on there. It was, a, it was a, definitely a, a labor of love trying to get that thing set up and get everything working so but now that it's all set up i just want y'all to go on there check everything out and enjoy it that's the whole idea behind all of this so thank you all for listening as I always like to end every show technology can replace the work of many people but it can never replace the work of one extraordinary person so go out and be extraordinary today hope you all have a great day i'll see you on the next episode of down south it podcast later later